I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The Race for the Ring, episode 127. The Name Game with Dr. Maria Morgan. Welcome to The Race for the Ring, the podcast about dating and embracing self-love and inner confidence. I'm your host, Mindy Barnett. I'm an entrepreneur, two-time author, keynote speaker, television contributor, and soon-to-be psychotherapist. Since re-entering the dating world after my divorce, I found dating life eye-opening. In an age of online swiping and in-person meetups, I found the world of love and lust has been a confusing place to be. So each week, we will chat with a different dating king or queen, socialite, or relationship expert, and explore the many facets of dating today, and come up with our clear plan on how to find the finest fish in the sea. Ready, set, go! Say my name, say my name. I couldn't help it, you guys. It's Mindy Barnett with the race for the ring. Today we're going to talk about what is in a name. And by a name I mean your last name, not your first name. Would you do if you're getting married? Should you take your suitors, your soon to be husband um or bride's last name? And yes, I did say bride because that is something that people do. Um or are you to get divorced if you're getting divorced? Should you Keep your married name because you, if you have kids, you'll be in unison with them or drop it like I did and be solo on your own in the sea of singledom. <laughs> We're going to dive into this notion a little bit today. Um, we have a really cool guest. She's a sociologist, Dr. Marsha K. Morgan, and she wrote a book all about names and the history of the last name and dropping of the name and acquiring the name and all of that, she essentially uses this as a tool to help women and girls reach their full potential. Um, She is a researcher, consultant, trainer, and also an expert in gender and crime and motivational speaker. So we're going to talk all about her I guess, um, exploration to say, uh, to say the least in, um, the history of acquiring the, uh, partner's last name and the new trend of women and men, um, depending on same sex or heterosexual relationship, staying, um, in your own lane with your own name, or if you are getting divorced or keeping the last name, or as I said, dropping the last name. So, she uh, has a very interesting book that um, came out about a year ago. She's going to talk to us a little bit about that as well. And um, 
very, very cool conversation with Dr. Morgan. So let's get to it. Morgan. Thanks for being with us today. Great. Thank you for asking me. Of course. So this is such an interesting topic, Nate. Um, let's get into some of the history. First of all, how did you how did you gravitate towards this this um, I guess this field of expertise? Did you have a personal backstory or was it just intriguing for you to learn about the history of the name change, the not the name change, et cetera, as a sociologist? You know, it's always been an interest of mine. I mean, for years and years. And I started collecting, oh, clippings from newspapers. Um, it was kind of unique, you know, 20, 30 years ago with the, you know, women were just starting to say, you know, I can keep my own name. And so I just, uh, you know, started collecting, talking to people, talked to hundreds of people. Um, and then when the pandemic hit, it felt like, oh my gosh, I've got this huge fat file and free time all of a sudden to be stuck at home. So I wrote the book that I'd been wanting to write forever and ever. And, and another part of that is that I think the name issue is one of the biggest stressors for brides before they get married. I mean, there's a lot of stressors for someone getting married. Yeah. Um, no, or but someone, it's true. Yeah. yeah. Or for someone getting divorced, what do I do? Yeah. What do I do if I've got kids and the kids have different names and just how do you make that decision? Um, so that, that's a big thing. I thought it's, there's really not been one place where everything is put together so people can look at the issue of married names and then look at the world in different cultures because the United States is very unique where women change, delete their names and take a whole different name. And that is not the pattern for the rest of the world. That's interesting because I have to say, um, I am halfway through earning my master's in psychology. <laughs> so I've learned a lot about like from the cultural perspective, our country tends to be individualistic where we're very like independent, nuclear family, et cetera, et cetera. And other cultures, basically every other culture, more or less, um, outside of the United States tends to be what they call collective, where they're very leaning in on, um, you know, parents, grandparents, extended family, and they're sort of all part of decisions and very close in that way. So it's interesting that from your from what your research found is it's almost the, not almost, it is indeed, the opposite, right, um, in terms of the name. Now, what did you find? Is there a reason for that? Like, why is the United States so different in that way where we're open to just dropping our, our family name and acquiring our partner's last name? Mm-hmm. Um, well, we can blame the Vikings. <laughs> it probably really? sounds a little bit weird. but Another thing to blame the Vikings on. Love Gosh, it. Okay. <laughs> our our guy. Um, the Vikings, the Nordic had folks brought to England, you know, a zillion years ago, the, a law of coverture, and I won't get into it, you know, huge technical terms, but they mm -hmm. brought that to England. And then that we, you know, adopted a lot of England's laws when, um, you know, when, when we were formed as a country and the law of coverture says that when a woman becomes married, she loses her legal identity 
she becomes one with her husband, but the one is the husband. So she has no legal rights to anything, her wages, her children. I mean, if she wants to leave her husband, she had to, you know, leave her children. Um, She couldn't vote. She couldn't, I mean, just couldn't enter contracts, you know, the whole, whole thing. She was basically property. Property. Exactly. And you look at um, some of the wedding traditions today, you know, who gives this bride away and there's certain, um, you know, things that were really based on the property exchange of the woman. Um, So little by little in our country, and we can thank Ruth Bader Ginsburg and many other people, they began looking at those laws and saying, that's not fair. You know, um, and, and I experienced it myself when my former business partner and I went to buy a little office building in the late 1980s and they wouldn't, no bank would give us a loan without our husbands signing mm. for that. Mm. Um, so there were a lot of things that women couldn't do, couldn't, couldn't vote. Even when women got the right to vote, there were many states that said if she kept her name, she couldn't vote. And that was up to the 1980s. So this isn't super old history. That's um, scary. Isn't that actually? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's been chipped away at, but you think about um, even banks not that long ago, you know, ask for your mother's maiden name as, you know. Credit the, cards do. Yeah. I think a lot are getting away from it, but you're right. It's that same kind of thing. It's, it, you know, a woman loses her identity so much that her maiden name or birth surname, as many people call it, um, is just so hidden. <laughs> you know, people can't yeah. find it, but now you can pretty much, you know, on, on yeah. the internet. But, um, yeah, so it, it just, um, she became a legal non-entity and really lost her identity along with that. The older, um, this is more informal social structure in our country. She wasn't just, you know, Jane Jones before, and now she's Jane Smith. She was, she became Mrs. Jack Smith. I mean, she lost her last name and lost and her first name too properly. Yeah. You yeah. Know, I mean, at that time, but you're seeing that honorific and way of writing things on wedding announcements or formal kind of things that's going by the wayside too. So women are um, realizing that it's, um, not something they have to do. You know, mm-hmm. they've built up their career, like, you mm-hmm. know, you're, yourself included, you know, mm-hmm. that, um, yeah, my, I, myself as well, that you just, I'd written a lot. I had, um, lectured a lot. I, you know, had degrees on my wall, had my name. So I just, it's like, why, why do I have to give that up? You know? Right. So yeah, it was that kind of basis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess it's more about women, um, you know, uh, coming into the forefront of the career, of their career, working moms, if they choose to have children, or even, you know, if you're not a woman, you don't are married to your natural partner, whatever, the sex might be, like, not taking their name. Um, for me personally, I was married, and I chose to um, use my maiden name as my middle name so that I could maintain it professionally. Like, so nobody even realized I actually, except for... Maybe if I got invited to say a wedding or, you know, obviously if I applied for a credit card or, you know, anything legal on my social security card, things like that. My license certainly had my, my married name on it with my maiden name, but, um, the rest of the, the world <laughs> knew me as Mindy Barnett. And then it's funny cause now I'm divorced and I, I then chose to drop my married name, um, which I'll get into in a second cause it was a hard decision. Um, you know, uh, to do that. 
um, more for my kids' purposes than not, but um, everybody thinks my Barnett is now my married name because I, <laughs> I still use it, but they don't realize that I never really use my married name, if that makes sense. Yeah. So for me, um, like I said, I, I kept it and I used it professionally, but I did acquire my ex-husband's last name. And I think he was always, I don't know, I mean, this is just my thought. I always thought he was a little bit resentful that I didn't use it more than I, I guess I did. It was a very long last name. Well, it still is. He has it. So my kids, but it's a long last name and it was hard to spell. And aside from the fact that I was known as Mindy Barnett, my company is MB and things like that. Um, I just thought it was difficult to add. And mine's such an easy name. <laughs> Barnett. It's the easy. It's very easy, you know. Except there, are, sometimes people aren't sure if there's two T's or one on the end, like you know that kind of thing. So, um, but then when I did get divorced and I chose to drop it, you know, um, personally too, it was hard because I now have a different last name than my kids, and I felt like I was sort of separated from them um, in some shape or form. But then I just. Figured I wasn't using it anyway, so what's the point, you know? But okay, so what what are some of the apprehensions you hear from brides and things? And I think men, maybe brides, feel like they don't love their husband or not showing their their love for their new, you know, their partner, their new husband if they don't take their last name. Mm-hmm. They're not like unison with them. What mm-hmm. do you think? I I think I I do hear that. I have heard that, um, and. I've also heard almost equally women when they have the discussion with their husband to be, uh, and I do recommend that happens, you know, maybe a year out <laughs> before yeah. the wedding rather than the week before. Um, when they reverse the question, like saying, you know, I, yeah, that'd be great if we had the same last name. Would you take my name? The woman asking the man. And they, um, no way, really? And, oh, it does have, yeah, there are a few. It's about 1% of all marriages, the man takes the woman's name. I but, never heard that before. Oh. But, um, when you ask that question, it's always a resounding no. <laughs> I mean, other than that 1%. Um, they, they start to get it. Like, I wouldn't give up my name. Why would I give up my name? This has been my name. This is my dad's name. This is my family name. This is whatever. Um, so there are alternatives that people can look at. And it's interesting. Our country, probably about 30, 40, 50 years ago, were more likely to give a child both of the surnames uh, of the mother that. and father, such yeah, as, you know, um, you know, I keep going back to Jane, but you know, if it was like Jane Smith Jones, you know, maybe this is the child that, you know, Smith was a mother's surname and Jones was a father's surname. So that you see in a lot of different cultures too, um, mm-hmm. Hispanic culture, uh, a lot, uh, Latin based cultures, um, also Asian cultures, you see that. Uh, and it was not that unusual in the 1800s and early 1900s in this country for the woman to pass along her name to a female child, her first name, as well as her, her last name and the, then the husband's last name. So you would see like, 
you know, for there, you might have a child, you would name the daughter Mindy, because that's your name. But you don't see that too much anymore. You do see men still passing along their, their first name. But giving both names, both surnames of the parents to the child is very common. And I found when I've talked to divorced women, when they're struggling, do I go back to my maiden name? I don't want to be different than my children. When the child still has their name somewhere, like in the middle, it isn't as yeah. much of a struggle. Yeah, um, it, I can see that because they still feel that connection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there's still that connection. Um, and a lot of women say, well, I want to be sure that my school, my children's school know that I'm real. I'm the real mom. I'm not a stepmom <laughs> or, you know, whatever. Um, and, you know, teachers see everything. They see all different names. And there's many families that have different last names together. So I, I don't think as much as uh, an issue maybe as it used to be. And with hospitals, it's not as much of an issue because you hear that too. Well, what if I have to go to the hospital with my child or something? So it's, yeah. um, it's no, they give a- you a bracelet with a number. Like they don't care about your last name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> your ID with that kid. So they're, you're together. God forbid you get separated. Yeah. 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 And it's interesting in Greece, in Italy, several other uh, European countries, I think Belgium, and the province of Quebec in Canada, it is illegal for a woman to change her name when she gets married. Really? They, they, there's a number of countries, and it's kind of a growing trend. They want people to have the same name from cradle to grave. I mean, it's just easier for, you know, well, like social security oh, or whatever kind of system. Oh, it's easier for life. Yeah. yeah. No, for sure. The government. Yeah. 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 Everything. Yeah. And I did talk to a number of women who had um, tough upbringings. I mean, they really had some trauma in their life, maybe an abusive father, whatever. And they really wanted a fresh start, you know, with their mm-hmm. husband. So starting uh, new with a new name was a way of symbolizing that, too. Um, some women viewed taking his name as romantic, Um and I, I never could get to the the basis of where that came from other than um, I don't want to blame Hallmark, but I mean, you know, you see things on TV that somehow they're yeah. rom- rom-coms or something. So it's, yeah. um, I think just really understanding like where did this come from and what's going to work for my lifestyle and then make a decision. Um, I always think it's interesting though, that the husband, or fiance might say, well, we've got to continue the family name, my family name. It's like, okay, but what about my family name? <laughs> you know? I know. It's almost like when you have girls as a dad aunt. So you're hoping that you have a boy to continue the lineage of your, of your hereditary, like your inner name, you know? Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. So when you were interviewing these different cultures and things like that, um, did you find it interesting that they, it seems to me that the European countries um, were more open to acquiring their husband's name or wanting to if they were able to, whereas our country, that it's sort of going against that notion. Is that right? More so? Um, or well, no? It, in Is that com- wrong to say that? Well, if I understand your question correctly. So basically, so- like you were saying, in Italy, like some of the women wanted to take that was that like the norm or was that just some unique circumstances? Well, it, in Italy, you, you have to keep your birth name. Right. Men they and women. wanted to change it, right? But they, could, they could. I mean, everybody could go to the courts and pay the money and do the, you know, the, the process there. Um, and some people just do things informally, you know, mm-hmm. um, 
you know, maybe the social setting, somebody might call her by her husband's last name and it's not a big deal, but I think it's so common for people to have different last names in, in, in some other countries that it's, I think most people just kind of stick with whatever is the norm or the cultural Mm -hmm. norm for their, for their country. So what else did your book uncover in terms of, of, uh, this trend in today versus in the past? Well, about, it's kind of hard to get a real good sense, but about between 20 and 30% of women in the United States do change, or excuse me, do not change their name, somehow retain their maiden name. It's in some capacity, either outright hyphenate or, you know, as a middle name kind of thing. Um, but I was able to find that there's really six options that most women look at regarding okay, last names. Yeah. Okay. So the first one is, you know, keeping your last name. Obviously it's uh, a lot simpler. Right. <laughs> you don't have to change paperwork. And it's, it's kind of interesting in the old days, you just sort of went to, you know, DMV and um, maybe mm-hmm. went to social security. Now in, in my, my book that I wrote, I list, um, I think it's about four pages, single spaced of all the places, you know, you Oh God, to- I'm so glad I did this already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All I had to do was go to DMV and the social security. It was very easy. Um, oh my goodness. Really? Well, where do you have you to think go? About, well, like companies, your email address, um, oh. you know, all the financial things, student loans, um, it's just a huge number of uh, things. Oh, I we, I our lives are pretty complicated that. these days. And it, I guess it, it takes, you know, days and months and sometimes years to get oh, everything changed. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it that's okay. I mean, if people want to change your name, but I guess just being prepared. And the older you are, and people are getting married older, around 27, 28, compared to not that long ago, it was around 2021. 20, um, right. That your, your life has gotten more ingrained, you know? Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, um, yeah. And the older you are, the more likely you're going to keep your name too, which yeah. may, may not be a surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second option is taking your spouse's last name and eliminating your own. And that's oftentimes what we call traditional. Um, but as I said, it's kind of been, it's gone in waves. Um, there was, you know, the, the suffragists and the, you know, that whole movement up until the 1920s or so. And they, Lucy Stone was a suffragist who fought for women to keep, keep their, their names all through their life. Uh, and then it kind of died off a little bit. And then the, what they call the second wave of feminism was, you know, in the 1970s ish. And that's when uh, people again looked at this and, and started, you know, keeping their names. So now it's hovered at about, like I said, about 20 to 20. 20 to 30%. Um, and then the third option is using your birth surname as your middle name and your partner's surname as your last name. That's what I did. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's becoming pretty popular, especially with, um, you know, people, women in the work world, uh, Mm -hmm. as well. It gives you a lot of some options. Uh, and then the fourth option was to hyphenate the last two names and, that became popular, I think, in the 70s and 80s. It, you still do see it for sure. It is a little hard on some forms because it's yes, pretty long. Yes, it's so long. That's <laughs> why I didn't do that because the other name, as I mentioned, it was like so long. I'm like, mm-hmm. my last name was like, <laughs> forget it. <laughs> yeah. It's one or the other. This isn't too much. Yeah. yeah. And then sometimes people drop one or the other. You know, right. start calling you by, by one or the other. And then sometimes the hyphen itself, when you put on a computer form, 
will somehow goof things up. Yeah. And, and you can't hyphenate forever. I mean, you, you, I mean, your name would be it's a headache. Yeah. Forever. I mean, it'd be like 25 names, you know, a few generations. So, um, yeah, it can be a little, little challenging. Uh, and then the next option, uh, let's see, is um, creating a whole new last name. And that's kind of an interesting one. Like not uh, your husband's or yours? Right. You just come up with something new. Maybe they wanted a fresh start. Maybe both came from you know, uncomfortable upbringings. And they said, I, you know, let's make our own family tree here. That's interesting. I never heard of that. Yeah. Do you find there's a lot of people doing that? No, it's, it's not that common. Um, some people who are involved in, you know, Crime? social, movement, well, just yeah, there you go. <laughs> witness protection program. I didn't think that Sorry. That. I don't mean to make a joke. <laughs> I know you do that for a living. <laughs> yeah. yeah oh, that's probably very true. But, um, you know, sometimes yeah. people are involved in, social movements. Like I, there was somebody, uh, I talked to last, they changed their name to, I think to peace. And that was kind of an interesting one. Um, mm. so you can, you can do whatever, um, you want to do. That's very interesting. You have a lot of options. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So, um, any other interesting, like antidotes or anything from your interviews that you did in connection with um, the new brides to be or divorcees, et cetera, in terms of the name that you want to share from your, your research and your, yeah, your I d- investigative I did. reporting? Hmm. I, you know, these, all these little stories kind of pop up. Um, I interviewed somebody from the South and, okay. and they That's had, interesting. had talked about, and I was unaware of this, that many times girls are born and named a first name and a last name with no middle name with yeah. the idea that when they get married, then their last name, maiden name switches to the middle and then the husband's last name goes to the end. Oh. So they don't lose their middle name. Cause I know a lot of women shared with me, you know, I'm, I'm Jane Ann and I, or, you know, Sally. That's Joy. interesting. <laughs> As you say that and remembering, I used to be uh, in news uh, in my past life and I lived in Louisiana for a time and I had a very dear friend who was an anchor um, at the station I worked at and her, I remember her middle name was Kay, which was her mother's maiden name. And so she was Ashley K. Dowdy. Um, Dowdy was her maiden name. I don't know what she, she goes with now. I think she, I think she's actually Dowdy, whatever her married name is, but they kept, they kept the K in the family. And I'm guessing that that was probably something maybe her mom did intentionally. It's a little different than what you said, but I guess that is, it's interesting. Yeah. I, I feel like I remember that being somewhat of a trend when I was in the South, but not everybody had a middle name. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah, so it's, you don't feel like, oh gosh, I'm losing my name. You're just right. Accepting it. Just keep it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like that. Yeah, very, another, very cool. I was gonna say another thing that um, you know, I interviewed same-sex couples as well, mm-hmm. um, especially you know because they can get married, and I right. thought, oh, this is interesting because you're taking out the male-female gender equation, right? Of, of kind of the power differential and who's right, gonna, right, right. Because you're always gonna one's gonna win, one's gonna lose when with the name game, you know, um, somebody's gonna give. What up was the something. trend amongst um, same-sex couples? The ones I interviewed, and then I looked at any national studies, and there really aren't any right now. I imagine there will be some in the few 
few years, um, is that they kept their names. Each person kept okay. their name. Not everybody, okay. but um, in a few cases, they, you know, somebody, somebody's last name was used. Um, but I would say 100% of the couples I interviewed um, had well, kept, you each kept that their name. Too. I think it's the power differential. I really do. Oh. I mean, it's kind of the last sexism when you think about it. Yeah. I mean, there's no reason one should be giving up the other to be, sub- in a way, subsumed. Were that male and female couples? Like uh-huh, male, uh, and they mm-hmm. all just sort of kept their own names? Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah. That's interesting. And even ones who were planning to have children, and their plan was to, you know, give both children you know, both of their last names. And I didn't ask which order. Um, I was going to say who got the last one. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, you know, some people, and this is heterosexual couples, and it's pretty rare, but I did find it. Uh, if they have a female child, they give the that child the mother's maiden name or, or last name. And if it's a male child, they give the boy the father's last name. So that doesn't yeah. really give you a, a team name <laughs> per se, you know, the same name. So the kids have different last names? Uh-huh. Huh. But, but they still gave the middle name as the other parent's last name. So, so they all have the same names. The order is just different between men exactly. and male and female child. Yeah. Which That's is kind of consistent with Iceland. I personally, and, I don't know if I like Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's a, certainly an individual choice. Um, but there are countries like Iceland and others, um, even some Russia and others that that you might have a name and then they add a couple letters at the end, depending upon if it's a female or a male child. And um, Really? I'm not an expert in, in those kind of names. But um, yeah, so you know when you hear, well, just like the name Johnson, you know, used yeah. to be for the son of John. <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, that kind of thing. And so it, it has male or female where our um, Anglo-Saxon heritage is more just son. It's not so much the female. Cool. So how long has your book been out? Tell us a little bit about your book. Yeah. Um, it's called, Should I Change My Name? The Impact of Your Last Name on Identity, Marriage, and Happiness. And it's Love been out a little over a year uh, but I just got done recording the audio book. So oh, it's, that's it's, fun. <laughs> yeah, it is. Cause I, you know, I thought if I'm really trying to reach maybe brides who are. Yeah. Oh, definitely brides or divorce, people getting divorced. Right. Yeah. And people like yeah. to exercise and listen to books and in your car, whatever. So yeah, you can get it um, audio book and that just came out. So that's um, great. Is that available yeah. on Amazon? Yes. On Amazon and audibles. Um, also in yeah. iTunes. So yeah. Okay, great. All right. And where can all of our, our listeners find you? Um, Dr. Morgan. Sure. Are you um, on Instagram? You know, I'm not on Instagram. <gasps> I haven't. You're not I on know. Instagram. How awful. <laughs> I know. I, I just kind of. You need to Life is so book. short. I just don't seem to have the time. Um, I know. Yeah, so, you know, I, I'm on Facebook and, um, you know, certainly you can, I have YouTube. Oh, I should say this. I have YouTube, um, several YouTube programs on, on names and, um, just goes into a little more depth and, you know, what, awesome. the, the topics we talked about. So yeah, on YouTube as well, but I also, um, have a website if people want to contact me and it's Marsha K Morgan.com and Marsha's M A R C I A. 
and little okay. initial K, Morgan. All right, awesome. Which doesn't stand for a maiden name, I guess. No, it stands for <laughs> K. You were talking about K. <laughs> I'm only two thing. I love it. All right. Well, thank you for being here. We appreciate you. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's, it's been great fun. Of course. Talk to you later. Uh-huh. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Race for the Ring. Today's episode was produced by Liz Hartshorn and edited by Danielle Gordon. I so appreciate your ear and insight. And if you like today's episode, please write us a review. They can make or break a good podcast just like a dull dude can be the kiss of death. Be sure to check out my new book, You Don't Need to Be a Bitch to Be a Boss. It's available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. And say hi to me on Instagram on that meaty.barnet. See you next week. Bye-bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.